of Cincinnati, welcome to the jungle! What's going on? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, the Iceman, Jeff Trenopole. And as always, I'm bringing you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of the AFC North champion Cincinnati Bengals. Not to be a favor. If you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. I'm up to 1,524 subscribers. That is awesome. I appreciate every single one of you guys. Also, make sure you guys check out the podcast. Podcast is on BeanPod, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher Play, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. So if you're in the YouTube chat crew exclusively, and there we're doing Super Chats. And if you would like to support what I'm doing or make sure your comment gets read, please give me a Super Chat. I would greatly appreciate it. Now, as always, I'm coming to you live from the Ice Cave. And the Ice Cave is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. 
check out the website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right, guys, got a really good show for you today. Got Willie Lutz coming on later on. But I kind of want to get into this article that I wrote, and it's on uh, the Ice Cave. I eventually, I think, I'm going to start a blog where I can actually put actual articles out and write stuff. I kind of like doing it, and I don't think I suck at it. I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, I wrote one today, um, and it's about the punter from San Diego State. Now, the thing is, people say that we don't need to draft a kicker. We have Drew Christensen, which we do. We could, you know, he's, I'm not saying he's a bad kid or anything or bad punter or anything. I'm just saying every time I've drafted or done a mock draft in the last couple weeks, Matt Ariza or Ariza, excuse me, is there. Now let's just read, I'll just read some of the stats here. I got to read off my phone. because I cannot see the screen. I hope you guys can see it, but let's see here. Uh, Matt has punted 76 times for 3,944 yards, ranking first in FBS history. His punting average is 51.4 and has punted punted 60 yarders 18 times, 50 yarders 39 times. Ariza, 76 punts. 36 of them have landed inside the 20-yard line. Ariza has punted for a 44.3 net punt average. I mean, that is unbelievable. If you guys have watched, like I put the video up there also on the ice cave and on different things that people have commented on, I put it on there of the video of the difference that this kid makes and he tackles, (laughs) you know, and he tackles, which is ridiculous. If you watch the, uh, if you watch the video, he's there's a couple of times he's the first guy down there on the freaking um first one down there to tackle somebody. So to me, right there, he's a football player. I mean, I wouldn't draft him because I, I, I don't really want to punt running down there and making tackles and big hits and all that stuff, but it's cool. And the he could be a game changer. I'm not saying Drew Christensen can't be. I have no idea. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. I'm just saying if the Bengals do what I want them to do, and that is fix the offensive line of free agency, like I've said over and over again. Then you can draft the best players available. He's going to be one of the best players available if he's there in the fifth or sixth round. He just is. He's one of the best uh, kickers ever, a college kickers ever. Now, if it translates to the NFL, I have no idea. It's worth a shot. And, hey, we got Drew Christensen. Have a kicking competition. We got – we got uh, um, Kevin Huber, and I'm not saying we need to get rid of Kevin, Kevin Huber. I love Kevin Huber. I'm just saying he's getting a little older. And, you know, sometimes if you, you get a better guy, you got to get him. You know, that's just the way it happens. Uh, where's my glasses? They're over here, dude. But it, it doesn't it doesn't help at all, Crown. <laughs> and, yes, I did enjoy the combine. The combine was an absolute, absolute blast. Uh, new to the show. Hey, Carrie, what's going on? Welcome to the show. I'm glad you're here. I hope you like it. Um, we talk a lot of Bengals here. So anyway, that's an article I, I have out. Like I said, you guys go check it out on the ice cave or excuse me, the ice bar. Uh, it's a Facebook group, part of mine. So go check that out and uh, give me some opinions. Tell me what you think. But like I said, Drew Christensen could be a future punter. Kevin Huber could be a future punter. Who knows? Now we had some big news in the NFL today. As everybody knows, Russell Wilson got traded 
as Dennis here has said, traded <laughs> to the Denver Broncos. And now he has to face the Bengals. You're right, Dennis. We're going to kick his butt. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm a little surprised, to be honest, because I really thought Russell was going to stay. It also came out that Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, is going to stay in Green Bay, which is not surprising. I thought he would. But it's also reported that he's going to sign a $200 million contract. He hasn't signed it. There's reporting they've agreed to terms and all that stuff. I'm just saying $200 million. We got Jackpot Joey Burrow coming up here pretty pretty quick. <laughs> it's going to be here before we, went, we know it. And that's why I say, like I said yesterday, about the Jesse Bates contract and them tagging him. I think they're trying to wait and see what happens in free agency as far as how much money it takes them to sign offensive linemen and where the money can go and how much they have left over. Because, like I said, you got Joe Burrow, you got Jamar Chase, you got T. Higgins. I mean, it's in a couple of years, but you have to start planning for that to happen. So, oh, great. You, you want to get – sorry, my comments are coming up slow. I don't know what's going on. Sorry about that, guys. But, yeah, you want to get the uh, – the punter. Okay. Yeah. Matt Ariza. I Ariza. I keep saying Ariza. It's Matt Ariza. I don't think it's a bad idea. Like I said, I am not willing to trade up, reach for him. I mean, if he's in the earliest, I'm willing to do it is in the fifth round, same as we got Evan McPherson, but also we got Evan McPherson because we had a couple extra picks. So you might want him more like the sixth round or something. But fifth round is the earliest that I would try to get him. Hoss, what do you got here? You can mock draft that punter with the last pick every time. Uh, not necessarily. I mean, I, I, maybe you, the ones you've done, I, I haven't been able to. I've tried. <laughs> like, I have literally tried to see see where, where I can get him at. And, and it's either five or six. Usually by then, he's gone. I mean, I had somebody tell me that, you know, on Facebook or Twitter, that, oh, he'll probably be gone in the, you know, third or fourth round. I that could happen. I really doubt somebody's going to go and take a punter that high, but this is a an exceptional punter. Um, so hey, if they, if they can get him in the last round, that's fine. I'm just all I'm saying is if he's there, get him because <laughs> I think he's worth it. We all know what a difference Evan McPherson made, and. My son is like, you're talking about a punter. You want to get rid of Kevin Huber. I don't necessarily want to get rid of Kevin Huber. I like Kevin Huber. I do. He's a Bearcat. He's a Cincinnati guy. You know, I like Kevin Huber. I just think that this kid can, he's a game changer. He can flip the field. I mean, he has kicked balls from the five-yard line almost to the freaking end zone. (laughs) I mean, it just go. I got the video up on, I put it out on Twitter, and it's out on uh, my Facebook page, too. Go check it out. I mean, it's unbelievable. So, yes, Crypt Keeper, I know. And like I said, I said this in my in my article. Darren Simmons would be ecstatic to get him. You are correct. I know you love Darren Simmons. I'm still trying to get him on the show. We'll see. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Greg, what do you got here? Raiders pick up Ray Guy, number one. 37 hang time consistently over 50 years. I'm, I got to put my glasses on. Hang on a second here. My computer is not helping me out here right now. Uh, I see here. The race picked red guy. One, one, 37, 3.7 hang time consistently over 50 years. I'm in the hall of fame. That took guts to use your first pick to take a putter. It worked. Yeah. I mean, it did. I mean, hell, it took guts for the Bengals. It took, 
to take uh, Evan McPherson where they took him at. So I'm not saying they're taking him at 31. Hell no. <laughs> uh, I want a quarterback or I want a, a defensive lineman or an edge guy at 31 if we can get it. That, that's what I want. Because like I said, I think the Bengals are going to fix it in free agency. That's what I think. And one thing I kind of want to talk about, too, as far as that, I have another theory, I guess I should just say. And we can talk about this more when Willie Lutz uh, joins the show about the Bengals offense line. Now, there are rumors that Ryan Jensen might um, be too expensive for the Bengals now, as far as as much as the Bengals want to spend. The first was going to be $12 million a year. Now they're saying it might be 15 because the Squealers and the Ratbirds are getting involved. Okay, let's say that happens. So you have a choice. You still have Trey Hopkins, who, yes, I've talked a ton of times about moving to guard. I'm actually okay with him at center, to be honest. I don't think he's a terrible center. I, I think he's going to be better than he was this last year. And he's never had two really good guards behind him. And also... Got preface it. He's coming back from a knee injury last year. I mean, he'll be over it this year. He's had a, he'll be a full year away from it. So, my thought is, if they get two really good guards, which I have to bring up the PFF here. Give me one second here. I'll try to bring up these PFF rankings that I was using to kind of get with my uh, my conversation here. Let's see here. Do that and do that. And that. Okay. Now. Let's see where it's at here. Ran it over. Okay. All right. Lake Tom. Here you go. They projected him three years, $9 million. And that's the one that the Bengals are talking about getting. I'm not saying they're not going to get it. They're going to get any of these guys. I'm just saying you can get him maybe about $9 million. Okay. If, if Ryan Jensen wants 15 all right, let's scroll on down here. Connor Williams, there's another one. Now, he's had a lot of penalties and stuff against him. Now, I think that could be fixed. Uh, Frank Pollock is really good, a really good offensive line coach, and the Bengals were the least penalized team in football. So, here's another one you could get. $6.67 million. This is just what PFF says. James Daniels. He's five years. I don't know if they go five. I don't know if they go five years, but they're saying ten million. That's a that's a little high, I think, for what they want to spend. And then you got Austin Corbett, uh, four years, two point five million. What I'm saying is, there are other ways to go about doing this. And then my other article I read was I wrote was um, Trenton Brown get him or Morgan Moses at right tackle, and all of those guys combined. I'm not going to say are, are going to equal to what Ryan Jensen is, but those are more along the lines, I think, of what the Bengals could be looking at if Ryan Jensen is outpriced. Now, we know Orlando Brown has been franchise tag, so he can't get in. Trayvon uh, Armstead will be, will be awesome. I'd love to get him, but he's going to be cost a lot of money. I don't know if the Bengals are willing to do that. Like I said, I'm just throwing stuff out there of different ideas of what they could do. All right, let's see here. Uh, Hunter, you want you want Mason Rudolph <laughs> for tight end? Uh, I don't know. I kind of did last year. I'm not that big on him this year because he didn't really do that good. Greg, back to the 
punter conversation. You said, I love Hubert, but he's getting older. Got to think of the future. Yeah, that's and that's exactly what I'm saying. I had somebody, like I said, I had somebody come at me. I had two people come at me and say, you know, Drew Christensen is the future punter. I, I, look, if Drew Christensen was such a good punter, he would have been the Bengals punter last year. I'm just saying. You know, if he was that good and like, oh, my goodness, they're putting all their eggs in him and he's going to be our punter, he would have been a punter last year and not Kevin Huber. So I'm not completely sold that the Bengals are sold on him, to be honest. So that's where I, I look at the draft. I'm looking – I'm just – Going by the tools that I have for me. It's the draft. It's the, the the mock draft, stuff like that. Things they're talking about, you know. And it could happen. It might not happen. I have no idea. But it worked for him last year. If he's there, I would not be surprised if they went and got him. Okay, let's roll back to the offensive line talk. So, if Ryan Jensen is going to get like $15 million a year, and you can get some of these other guys between, at the most – I think it was between six and like 10 million. If you get an average between six and 10 million between uh, hopefully two guards, we all hope they get, or to get uh, a right tackle, Morgan Moses or Trent Brown, I think that's more along the lines of where the Bengals financially might be looking at this. And if they do that, they have two solid guards, a right tackle, Jen Williams, that left tackle, and Trey Hopkins at center. I'm okay with that. And it's, and it's not a bad thing. To keep the two best guys, which was on our offensive line, in my opinion, was Trey Hopkins and uh, Jordan Williams, keep them in their spots. It's not a bad thing. You don't have to move them. All right, Charles. As much as I want Armstead, I'd rather have Tomlin and Jensen combo. That And that's, yeah. I don't know if I'd – well, put it this way. I like to have two guards. That would be nice, you know. Two guards and, and a right tackle or, or left tackle. You know, probably going to be a right tackle. But, yes, and that's kind of where, where – I'm at when I first started free agency. Oh, I want to get Ryan Jensen. I want to get Armstead. Then you start looking at it and how much it's going to cost. And and I know people always throw injuries out and everything. And I, it's football, man. People are going to get injured. You can't. You can base the contract on that of how he won't get as much money because he has been injured. But I don't know if I necessarily base that on if I want to get him or not. You know if that makes sense. Because I keep saying Jonah Williams never got injured at Alabama. He was injured injured for the first two years he got here. Trey Waynes played, what, two games for the Bengals? And they paid him a lot of money. So that's where I'm like, yes, they they could be injured. Hell, the guy we could sign, you know, who's never been injured could get injured. I I, I don't know. So we'll see. Uh, Haas, what's up? Looks like Green Bay is going to have some cap casualties here soon after paying Rodgers all that money. Maybe some O-line. Maybe. That's a good point because, I mean, if the rumors are true and he's going to say sign a $200 million contract, which he has tweeted out and said, I haven't signed anything yet, which Rodgers needs to stay off Twitter sometime and quit worrying about whatever he's saying. <laughs> Concentrate on himself, I think, like he's saying he's doing. There could be some guys out there. They're going to have to make some room. But that also does scare me for Joe Burrow. <laughs> you know, I'm hoping Jackpot won't want $200 million, but who wouldn't if you could get it, you know? So I don't know. We will see what happens. Uh, Greg, new center, new left tackle, and one right guard in free agency. So if you get a left tackle, you are you okay with moving Jonah Williams? I'm assuming you want to move Joe Jonah Williams to right tackle, which I'm, like I said, I'm okay with that. Um, it just depends on the money 
obviously. And really, it depends on the money. <laughs> that's that's the biggest thing. It really depends on the money. Joel, what's up? We obviously need to be cost effective, but I'll take fifteen million for Jensen. We are a Super Bowl window, so pay whatever it takes to fix the holes in the line. Okay, but do you really necessarily consider out of out of every position in the offensive line? Do you really consider the center the biggest reason? Because fifteen million. 15 million will get you a left tackle, most likely. A pretty good left tackle. Are you willing to, you know, pay that for, for Jensen and not for a tackle? I mean, I understand what you're saying. And I love you, Ryan Jensen. I'm a big Ryan Jensen fan. I've I've kind of said said that. But I would rather get more guys, and I'm not saying less athletic or not as good as Jensen. You don't need five all pros if you can get really good guards and and a really good right tackle to me that's a better fit than paying all the money for one guy and for a position that you don't necessarily have to fix i mean trey hopkins is okay at center and again he got injured and he's never played with two really good guards besides him so that kind of goes with the thing I said before about moving trade to guard, if you put him next to a really good center and a really good tackle, he might be okay at guard. If you put two really good guards and Trey in, at center, he might be really good. I don't know. You know, so once you surround yourself with better talent, then you don't have to try to make up for the mistakes that the guys next to you are doing. And you can pretty much concentrate on your job and the scheme and how the offensive line is supposed to flow. So I'm would, instead of getting one Bang, big guy. I would rather get three of them, not the highest paid guys, just the guys who, and I'm not trying to say cheap, just the guys that pay you pay good money for them. They're good players, and they'll make a cohesive unit on that offensive line. Uh, okay, let's see here. What we got here? Greg. Okay. Okay. You say, yeah, that's the right move. You mean to get the center? And then you say, what's more important? I don't know. What's more important? I'm not sure what your what your question is. And sometimes that's one thing. Sometimes we should be able to call in here. It'd be a lot easier to have a conversation. All right, Ken, I think Coach Pollock faced us a hint of what he wants, and that's a couple of alphas on the line. Yeah. Oh, he wants some glass eaters. He already said that. He wants... Some dudes, he wants a mean, nasty, and that's Ryan Jensen. I mean, to a T. If that's Ryan Jensen for $15 million, I don't know. Greg, sign three high-end free agent linemen. Bates with three years, $50 million? Dude, then that's like all of our freaking money. Then you, <laughs> you want to spend all $50 million on three high free agents and Jesse Bates, then you're doing nothing for your D-line. At 50 million, you won't have any money to sign your draft picks because that's what they have left is 50 million dollars. You want to spend it on if I'm reading that right, you want to spend it on four people. I, I hope you don't mean that, <laughs> but maybe you explain it a little bit. Greg, I've seen something when Burrow could have had a couple of his boys on the O line from LSU coming out. In the draft, don't know if that's the some BS or not. 
I'm not – probably I have not – LSU offensive linemen really have not triggered in any of the draft range of anywhere where the Bengals would draft. I haven't seen an LSU lineman come up at all, to be honest. That I have all the draft uh, – not dodging. The draft diving I've done, I haven't seen anything about LSU linemen. Joel, agree that we should be cost-effective and not spend it all on free agents' money on one guy or position, but Jensen would be a great QB and offensive line. Jensen would be bring an edge. That's true. And I am not, I said, I am not against getting Jensen. I'm just saying the rumors are he wants he could get $15 million, and I think that's going to outprice the Bengals. Say no three years with only one guarantee for Jensen or Bates you're talking about. All right, Addy, do you think the Bengals get Bates extension done this season? I really do. And I think they have till July 15th to actually get it done. So we're not, this ain't over. Um, and like I said uh, on yesterday's show, I really think that they're trying to figure out how much money they're going to allocate for free agency. and. Not that they put Jesse Bates on the afterburner or backburner. I don't want to put that. They're, they're, they, I think they have an idea of how much they want to pay him. But they want to get this offensive line fixed. They want to sign Larry Ogunjobi and B.J. Hill. Hopefully both of them, at least one of them. Um, and they have to plan for Jackpot Joey Burrow, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins. Now, for me, I know everyone wants to hurry up and we're in the Super Bowl window now and win. And I do too. I Don't let me promise this. I want to win more than one. I think we have a chance to win multiple ones here. And that's where I'm like, the Bengals need to be really smart with their money because we got the big elephant in the room. Joe Burrow, his his contract's co Aaron Rodgers most likely going to get $200 million. Burrow could get more than that. <laughs> you know? Now the salary cap's going to go up and everything. So these are things the Bengals have to consider. And also you got Jamar Chase and T. Higgins as well that you want to keep. So these are all things that they're juggling up in the air for – you know, pay now, pay now, win now. But also we get all this other stuff. I, you know, I don't want to pay for all this money and not have anything left for anybody, you know, if that makes any sense at all. Anyway, he's got on a little early. I am happy to announce that. And, oh, he looks like he's got a haircut. Holy crap. And looking good, Willie. Anyway, my man. Willie Lutz, who's done an awesome job for me today. He's been juggling around because I had a couple guys who wanted to go a different day, and he was supposed to go another day, and then he came back. Anyway, it's been a big mess. I appreciate Willie coming on. Here's Willie, Willie Lutz for the same old stripes. Wow, Willie. that Twitter picture is very misleading. I just realized <laughs> that right away. Oh, yeah? You still got the long hair? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was going to say, holy crap, the way you cut it all off. Like, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot less of it now. I don't know what happened. I woke up one morning. It was just all gone. No. <laughs> yep. Chopped it all off. Same bad attitude. Way less hair. There you go. I like it. I like it. New, 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 new look for Willie here. All right, Willie. So I don't know if you got on and heard anything I was talking about, but I was talking about, and I sent you the link to an article that I wrote today about uh, Matt Ariza, the punter for San Diego, and how possibly the Bengals could, could get him, could not get him. 
And then we started talking about the offensive line and the rumors about Ryan Jensen getting potentially $15 million and how that might outprice the Bengals. So I just gave you a whole bunch of stuff there. What's your thoughts on it? <laughs> oh, so we'll look back around on the punter thing. I, I need my second or my time to collect myself on that one. I haven't come to a major conclusion, but I think I can with okay. 10 to 15 minutes. Gotcha. But on the Ryan Jensen front, man, the $50 million price tag, if that's where it gets to, I mean, at what point are the Bengals just going to have to pull the trigger on one of these big name free agents? Because if they're not going to do the Jesse Bates extension, because that's too rich for them, then, I mean, what are you saving your money for? And it would have to be a situation like, you know, potentially blowing up the bank to go ahead and make that move on Ryan Jensen. Now, will they do it? I, I don't want to say yes. I don't want to say no. I kind of think they do end up doing it, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Obviously, the, the cheaper option is Bradley Bozeman, who, as people on Twitter today were joking, has been connected to, I don't know, every team in the league in one way or another. But <laughs> right. Ryan Jensen is just the way to do it, man. So, so does it price out the Bengals? Historically, it does, but – if you're this generation of Bengals and you're this front office, I think you got to just kind of shrug your shoulders and realize the price tag is the price tag to get a talent like that. Well, my, my thought was on this. Now, like I said, if they get them, they get them. I don't know. And to me, Trey Hopkins, take it for what it is. He's not the worst center in the world. Now, Trey Hopkins has never played with two good guards on the side of, and I've kind of said this before about if they sign Ryan Jensen, the possibility of moving Trey to guard. And I said, if you get a good center and a good right tackle, that might make him a better guard. Well, the same philosophy would go if you have Trey Hopkins at center and you have two really good guards and a really good right tackle. And, yes, my dog is barking. And um, Joe Williams at left tackle, and you have all five of them, and it costs you nah, – it's not going to cost you as much as – it's going to cost you more than Ryan Jensen. But if that's a cohesive unit moving forward and they're, and they're glass eaters, which all those guys are pretty good, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, like I said, I'm not saying go this way or go that way. I'm just giving different points of view how the Bengals could do it. That's kind of the fun part of being a Bengals fan right now is, I mean, there's a limited number of ways they could do it in some ways. I mean, there's names that probably shouldn't bring in or names you wouldn't want to bring in, but you can sell yourself on a lot of different versions of this line uh, and, and make yourself pretty happy. Now, what people won't be happy with is if your version of that line is going to be Jonah Williams, Quentin Spain, Trey Hopkins, Jackson Carmen, and Isaiah Prince with Kim yes. Adeniji as your sixth lineman. That that's not going to fly with the fan base. A lot of other ways you could probably sell us on it. Exactly. Now I heard a lot of talk today here about uh, I'm going to mess with Tomlinson. I'm just going to go with that. Is it Lakin? Lakin? I always it's mess Lakin. Yeah. Lakin. Okay. So PFF's guy at three years, nine million dollars, sixteen point five guaranteed. That's I don't know if the Bengals would. They don't pay that much money for guards, but <laughs> if they're not if they're not going to pay fifteen million for Jensen, like you said, they got to pay for somebody. So, so Tomlinson is is the one that I've I've been hearing here lately. So he's, let's say you put him at one side, and then the other guy like is Austin Cobert. That's nine point two million dollars. They're both about you know ten million a piece. That's twenty million dollars for your um your guards. I, mean, I don't know. If, I don't yeah. know. I mean. Would they do that instead of giving 15 for Jensen? I think, by the way, if you scroll down another name there, that might be your right guard instead of Corbett uh, with the uh, Cincinnati area connection there for Andrew Norwell. Is he a St. X kid, I think, off the top of my head? I'm not, I know he's a Cincinnati native. Just, there he is. Yeah. yeah, Norwell. There you go. Yeah, he's Norwell's, another one. Yeah. Yeah. 
725. Well, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So I, while I prefer Corbett, I would love – if you give me tomorrow, if you say, Willie, here's what the Bengals are going to do in free agency. They're going to sign two players. They're going to sign Andrew Norwell. Or not Andrew Norwell. They're going to sign Lincoln Tomlinson, and they're going to sign Austin Corbett. And they're going to figure out right tackle later on in free agency. They're going to sign, you know, Brian Balagi is the name I saw out there today. Uh, Brandon Shell, guys that are kind of that four million dollar veteran can start, but not your best lineman range. If you're telling me you're going to line it up with those two guards, Trey Hopkins, Jonah, and then a veteran replacement right tackle for Riley Reef, because I think Riley Reef is. I don't have any sourcing here. This is not breaking news yeah. on my end, but I think he's going to retire. I, I'm with you. I think he's going to too. It just yeah, up. But, I'm not. I'm no sources. Just stuff I'm. I hear and just I. Thank you. Going to. <laughs> Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, but if you give me those two guards and tell me we're kind of going to figure out the rest with what we draft, and then like a maybe I don't want to say a scrap heap free agent, but one of those veteran guys, mm-hmm. I'm fired up, man. Those are two good guards, and I think the team's just. I think they could do so much more in the running game and make Joe Burrow's life easier in the passing game. There's so much more protection with those guys. The sacks wouldn't go away entirely because. And this will be fun for people that are thinking about football today, but Joe Burrow plays the game a little bit like Russell Wilson. He's going to get hit because he loves to hang in the pocket and try to make things happen, spin around. And, you know, that's just the nature of the beast kind of with that quarterback style. But, hey, you give me those two guards, I'm in let's go mode. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I mean, I would would really – I'd like them to do like Morgan Moses as you know, right, right tackle. I, you know, that'd be fine. Or Trenton Brown. But yeah, if they get those two guards and yes, I'm fired up. I'm, I'm good. I, like I said, I'm still hoping they're not done. And the thing is people are like, Oh, we can get it in the draft. I don't think there's going to be an offensive lineman at 31. I hell, I don't even know if there's going to be a, a defensive lineman at 31 for the Bengals. I mean, I, I think a lot of them are going to go in the, before the Bengals pick. I, we have a very good shot of probably getting a, a really good cornerback at, at 31. But that doesn't solve our – if we go with the route we just said with the two guards, that doesn't solve our, our right tackle problem. Now, would you be okay? Let's just say this. All right, let's, how about this? I got one for you. We, we do this bring a veteran right tackle, and you have Deontay Smith and him fight it out, you know? And we we both know there's a very good chance that Jackson Carmen and Deontay Smith can mo- both make big jumps from one season to the next. Uh, case in point, Logan Wilson. I, I keep bringing him up. Him up. It could be the same thing. And Frank Pollock talked about how much he really liked Deontay Smith at the beginning of the year as a tackle. So that that's an option too. That 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 could fall. What would you be okay with that? I actually kind of like it, and I also like this. I got this thing in my head where you got to bring in that veteran right tackle, right? But I want to see Dante Smith go out there and win that job because that would make me feel super fired up. I want to see that guy show off some of that potential that we saw or we heard about in training camp last year. I mean, you went and probably watched on the bridge. You know, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you I was up on the bridge a lot. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's one of those things, man. I, I just think, and Duke Tobin might have hinted at this a little bit during the combine. At some point, like, just like look at the linebacker room. Those guys all developed after we all called for linebackers last year. Some of these linemen, at least one of them is going to develop into something. So you would hope so. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't mind if they bet one position. Hey, we're either going to have a pretty close competition here going into camp or, hey, we're going to have all these young guys that we've brought in fight it out. And there might be another rookie in the mix. And by the just to tack on what you said, there's like two guys that I'd like be cool with starting that I think might be there at 31 in the draft on the line. And I don't think uh, either of them are going to be there based on the way uh, yeah. things are currently falling. And it's Kenyon Green from Texas A&M who didn't test well, but I think the testing is very overrated. And, and then it's, good. yeah, 
Zion. Uh, I always want to see Zion Williamson, but yeah, it's not Zion Williamson. Now Zion you messed Zion. me up now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah. It, yeah. Zion uh, Johnson on the yeah, field yeah. way more than Zion Williamson's on the court right now. So <laughs> Zion Johnson, I, I would sign up for that too. That's okay with yeah. Again, yeah, I'm good with both those, but again, I'm with you. I don't think they're gonna be there. I mean, hell, the kid, the kid I would love to get is, uh, is he's the kid from the he's in the Mac. Um, he's they call it he look like Mountain from uh oh uh, Game of Thrones. Um, uh, Bernard Raymond. Yes. Oh yeah. my goodness, that dude's a beast. He blocked. I can't remember who it was. It was an Ohio State lineman blocked him into the freaking <laughs> goalpost at the senior game or senior bowl. I mean, he ain't yeah. gonna be there yeah. either, but. Unfortunately, I think it was Tyreek Smith from Ohio State, and I'm I've got my Alma shirt on right now. But Tyreek Smith got absolutely smashed by Raymond, and he also got absolutely smashed by Trevor Penning. Who, if I had any pick of any player in this draft who I can make a bangle right now, it would be Trevor Penning. But he'll be on like top ten now because he's oh. just been unbelievable in the pre-draft. Yeah, I mean, for me, the guy. If this always preferences, if they fix it in in the draft, fix your line of the in the free agency. I want Wyatt or 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 Davis from Georgia. Oh, did oh, you yeah. see Davis? Did you see how fast that big man ran? Yeah, that used to be like unprecedented. Like I, I can't think of the guy. I think it's a guy that ended up going to the Cardinals, but like a decade or so ago, it was breaking ground for a big guy to bust a a sub five 40 yard dash. <laughs> and Jordan Davis is just out there putting up what he put up a four seven four or something. And, and they they say he's just a run stopper. I'm like, as fast as he is, ah. I think he's more than a run stopper. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I got a uh, four ninety nine super chat from Dustin Croft. Appreciate that. I do still think one of the O line prospects will slip to thirty one. Teams will get desperate for QB skills, positions, and O line always falls in the draft. He's got a point there, but I mean, you got th- to me. There's three quarterbacks in this draft that I think are really worth it. You, you, you got Pickett, you got um, Willis, and I'm biased. You got Desmond Ritter. I think those are the three that are worth it as far as if you're going to take a first-round pick. The rest of them, I don't know. Um, so, so Can I ask you a Cincy sports question real fast? Yeah, good. So put yourself in the shoes you were in, like, what, 2011. Okay. Isn't Desmond Ritter just more of the profile of a guy that you take in the early second, like a Derek Carr and Andy Dalton? Just a guy who doesn't have all those traits but you know can win you football games. I feel like people are – Maybe too bullish on him in some cases and way too down on him in other circumstances. I think you got a lot of what you're going to get, and he throws just a really pretty spiral, which is something I love to see your prospect. Yeah, I I think my 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 thing is I've seen him where he's games where he's extremely accurate, and I know that's that's the 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 the, the take on him that he's not, which he's not all the time. But neither was uh, Jared Allen. So if he gets in the right position right team where he can sit for a year and he can develop that part. I think he can exceed it. I do. I, I don't know. I think there's potential to do that. Yeah. I'll put it that way. I, I Will he do it? I have no idea. Yeah. But I, I think there's more potential there than, than some people give him credit for. Yep. He's one of those guys where in like, like put him in last year's quarterback class. He is the perfect second round pick as a quarterback. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's in last year's. Yeah, he's second round. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But he's like perfect. That's the thing. The only thing that about Desmond Ritter that I'm like, man, this draft is just not the right one for him to be in. In terms of, well, it's great for him. He's going to make more money and go to a better team, probably. But 
it's just a weird ranking for him. I don't know. This whole draft has got me all funky because the quarterbacks are just oh, dude, not great. <laughs> well, th- this draft is cool. I think it's cool because I really have no idea which way the Bengals are going to go. And it's so cool to just sit there and talk about different things. I got a big, long paragraph here from Mike Overstreet. Just a question. Were you really happy about the offensive coordinator? I mean, yeah, we scored, but there were times throughout the whole season where players were questioning the questionable and cost us some games. So I also think, uh, I also think that kind of cost us Super Bowl middle of the third and middle of the fourth was horrible play calling. Just my opinion. What do you think? I mean, Aaron Donald and Von Miller weren't giving the Bengals time to run good plays. They probably called some good plays. I mean, hell, the the last play of the game, man, two guys wide open. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, get the ball. (laughs) Sorry, guys. But yeah, just to continue on that little rabbit hole, I don't think that it's an entirely unfounded point. I mean, there's been complaints about play calling. Even games the Bengals won, there were complaints about play calling, but that's the nature of the beast. My opinion on it is, I know you guys don't love Brian Callahan. You don't love Zach Taylor all the time, or you want Brian Callahan to take over play calling. Yeah, Callahan. Zach Taylor is at least a top 10, top 12 probably play caller in the league. This offense ranked top 10 in yards per play, which is an incredibly important stat. Joe Burrow had the most prolific explosive passing game of all time, or explosive season of all time. Right. If you just like look at all the numbers and look at like the plays of plus 20 yards, the big time throw percentage, all those data points. So if you give them a little more offensive line to work with, I promise you the play calling bothers you a lot less because good play calls are ruined by bad execution. I, I couldn't say it better. I mean, that's pretty much what I've said all the time on here. Everybody, and, and it drives me nuts when they want to go give it to Brian Callahan, who's <laughs> never called plays before. I'm like, I'll take the guy who – called plays and got us to the Super Bowl versus the guy who's never called him before. And I've said this over and over and over and over on here, down blue in the face, until we get a consistent offensive line, we're not going to have a consistent offense. I mean, it goes hand in hand. You could, like I said, that last play, I don't give a crap what anybody says. It was the right call. Jamar Chase smoked him again. CJ, ooh, Zamo's wide freaking open. That's two guys. <laughs> Aaron Donald was better than our offensive line. Aaron Donald's better than a lot of offensive lines. If we had a better one and we could have chipped him and stopped him and gave Joe Burrow, I don't know, a second, second and a half longer. CJ's open. Chase is open. Completely different game. So it, it just drives up. People always blame it on this. I'm like, it's like when. Like the last couple of years, people are like, oh, we got to get before this year when we got to get rid of Zach Taylor, right? I'm like, <laughs> you, you can't make a judgment on it because at the time, like the team sucks. They don't have enough talent to compete with these other teams. Oh, well, a good coach brings brings players up. I'm like, not all of them. <laughs> you know, yeah, a couple of them he can make them better, but not every single one of them. If you have talent, it makes you a better coach and it actually accents what you're good at. And when the Bengals offensive line, Played good. Our offense was rocking. So I, I like, I've gotten asked this a lot. <laughs> yeah, I also love your point about the like the good coaches elevate lower talents. But like, you look at the players that the Bengals have let go from the 2019 and 20 seasons, and none of those guys are out there breaking world records. I mean, right? Jack Taylor got a lot out of some guys that aren't worth a damn anymore. So exactly, I mean, give the guy a break. Yeah, I know. That's where I just. Uh, pe- 
I just, like I said, I, I, I've got an arguments on my show with people about this. I'm like, eh. my guy won a game with Ryan Finley as his quarterback on Monday Night Football against the Steelers. Thank you. They had no business being involved. Right. In Thank game. you. It was, it was draw plays, and he beat them. I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I wish we had. We have a really good head coach. I just want to let everybody know. Zach Taylor is really freaking good. And when we fix this offensive line, this team is going to be freaking scary. I will I will tell you that right now. It is going to be absolutely scary to give Joe Burrow actual time to throw. Like, oh, I've said this a couple times. Just think, if Joe Burrow consistently can at least get to his third read, his third. <laughs> he, he's lucky he can get to his second one. <laughs> if, he, if he gets to his third read, now, consistently next year, Woo-hoo-hoo. get out of here. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, he'll throw it for like a record-setting amount of passing yards and passing touchdowns and all that good stuff. And they're still gonna have all the receivers. And by all accounts, they're probably gonna have CJ Uzama back. So, and they're gonna have Joe Mixon doing his thing. I don't know. You give him a little more time, man. You give him that, you know, right. an average offensive line. And this team yes. is well. And that's kind of where I'm, and I'll tell you this too. This is where I'm kind of with the whole Jesse Bates thing. I'll, I'll bring this up. This is kind of what I've said yesterday that yeah i don't like it that they they're tagging him but it doesn't really kick in they have till uh, july 15th and i think a lot of that has to do with i think they have a certain number in their in their mind you know and trying to work out the details or whatever but they're trying to get the offensive line and they're trying to figure out where that's going to play out as far as your money goes along with they want to resign at least hopefully both of them but at least one on bj or larry larry Ogunjobi. so you got that too and then the big elephant in the room behind them you got jackpot Joey Burrow in two years. He's going to make a lot of money. So it's Jamar Chase. So it's T Higgins. You still got to allocate some money for that. Aaron Rodgers supposedly going to sign a $200 million freaking contract. Okay. And the Bengals, I think, want to keep as much talent as they can here, which I agree with them. And uh, people are like, just sell out. Let's go win one Super Bowl. Screw that. I want to win three, four. I want to win as many as we can because I think we had that talent here. So, I'm okay with the way they're doing it, if that's what they're doing, you know, trying to allocate and get, you know, get everybody under the same contract and keep them here for as long as they can. Yeah. And one of the things I saw chirping today and I went back and forth with, I think he's, he's a good guy. I think it's at JPB something great Twitter follow, very smart on the cap, but he was, he kind of jokingly said after Mike Williams, uh, the Chargers receiver signed that three years, $60 million contract, say goodbye to T Higgins in two years, but right. The way I'm seeing this Jesse Bates situation, I just don't see it that way. I think they're trying to keep this offensive core together, and that's what they're more focused on. If right. Jesse Bates was one of their marquee offensive players, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong, um, I think they get a deal done. I mean, they got the Joe Mixon deal done. I think they're going to go ahead and whenever they can, probably next offseason I think is when they're going to have to do it. But I have a hard time imagining Jonah Williams won't get a big contract. Right. Right. Burrow's going to get paid. Jamar is going to get paid. T is going to get paid. I, yeah. I just think the way they view this core is Burrow and the wide receivers, number one, and then everything else comes after. So just guys, when you're thinking about this, I'm not talking, I just said guys, because I'm talking to everyone. So you've got an audience going on, but <laughs> you guys got to realize that like the Bengals don't, they're not a dumb front office. Like there's dumb front offices out there. They might be a little more penny pinching and a little closer to the vest than a lot of people, but they're not dumb. They make a lot of really good financial decisions. I mean, if you look at like your entire, you know, 
last two decades as a Bengals fan. The only contract that's really bitten them bad has been that, you know, that Trey Wayne's contract. And they're going to get off of that this year. If that's your worst contract, trust me. I mean, look, I think it was, what is it, the Washington Redskins back in 2000, whatever, when they signed Albert Hainsworth. Oh, God. That's an example of a terrible contract. Yes. Yes. That's a bad one. The Bengals have had none of that. So you count your wins and your losses, but you also got to consider the fact that this team is not out there to cripple themselves financially. Yeah, and the thing is, and if you look at the last couple of years where they've actually dove into free agency, all these contracts are only, I'm not even saying team friendly. They're they're just good contracts for both parties, you know. That, that that's what's working out for, for them. And to, to your point you said before about how you think they want to try to keep this offensive core together. I'm with you on that because they drafted all these guys in the offense. Defense, 90% of them, they signed well, I don't say now a lot of the starters they signed in free agency. So that goes to where I think. If they fix the offense line, they got to go defense heavy in this draft because they're not going to be able to pay all these guys, nor are they going to want to pay all these guys on defense. They want to pay the offensive guys. So they want to keep the, they want to get guys that they drafted to come in on their rookie contracts and, and build a defense that way to, to replace the people that are leaving. Now I'm not saying I, Jesse Bates is going to leave or anything. I think they're going to sign him. I think he's one that they want to keep his right age, age and everything else. But Mike Hilton, he's on a second contract when he's done, they might not pick him up. Uh, uh, Bell, he's on his second contract. When he's done, they might, you know, these, these guys are getting them on their second contract. They might not get a third contract or a second contract from the Bengals because they might have somebody drafted to to pick them up or to, to, to fill their spot. I mean, and that's the beauty of this league in some ways is, I mean, when it works the way it's supposed to and it's parody, like you go up and down. But, I mean, when you do it right and you hit over and over again, and no one's the Patriots, but you want to be like the Patriots where they just had all those guys. Like it didn't matter where they picked. They just refilled those rooms with more talent. So they could, they didn't have to keep paying older guys that were expensive and had declining pay. They elevated the young guys and said, Hey, this is your job. Now you're going to have to win it. You're going to have to be an expert at your position. And we're expecting you to play at an all pro level. And not everyone gets to an all pro level. Not everyone gets to a pro bowl level. Not everyone gets to, you know, uh second contract level but you need to start building that depth and that's why you're 100 right this is the defense or the draft to go defense defense mm-hmm. defense 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 oh sorry <laughs> getting all fired up but yeah th- then this is to me honestly this this offseason is i think one of the most fun to discuss i mean yes of course because we went to the super bowl it's of course it's more fun but i'm just saying as far as where the team is in general because i mean the first two years ago we knew it was going to be Joe Burrow. I mean, the Bengals act like it might not be. Everybody knew they were going to draft. Last year, I was 99% sure they are going to draft Jamar Chase. Well, they were Chase or Sula. So, you know, it was just a debate about which one they want to draft. And I don't know about you, but I was sick and tired of talking about it. <laughs> I wanted them to hurry up and draft them. Now, this year, like I said, with the way the Bengals are, it's so intriguing, especially with the free agent. Because the first year they did free agents, I'm like, holy crap, they actually signed people. I'm like, all right. And then last year, we're kind of like, Okay, are they going to do it again? Yeah, they signed five of them. This year, we all expect them to do it. We're actually looking at free agents. Okay, I think they're going to get this guy. Now nah, that guy's cost too much. You know, what about this guy? Well, he's injured. I don't know. That's a conversation us Bengals fans can have that we couldn't have two, three years ago. And, and that's what's fun about this. Yeah, and it's funny because I remember uh, the first time the Bengals, was it, yeah, 2000-whatever, 2020, I guess, that summer. Yeah, I guess it would have been spring this time two years ago when they were first signing free agents. I was uh, <laughs> I was working for the recovering the Pelicans 
uh, for cash, which was an interesting job. But the, the NBA Pelicans, yeah, the basketball ones. Oh wow, yeah, that was a whole thing. But <laughs> like, obviously, still a diehard Bengals fan. But right. like, I was way more focused on what was going on in the draft than I was about what was going on in free agency. And all of a sudden, they start signing all these dudes for a ton of money whose names I'm like, I know Trey Waynes because Trey Waynes was involved in that crazy Saints Vikings game that right. had all that crazy stuff happen. The, right. Whatever it is, the whatever miracle, all that stuff. Yeah. Got the, also, you said DJ Reader. I'm like, who is this guy that we just paid all this money? And everyone's like, he's sweet. And I was like, oh, we're signing people that matter. Yeah. And then we signed Von Bell, who I love. Yep. I mean, guys that matter. Mm-hmm. We're in a time where we're signing guys that matter. And that's because, and you know what? We sit here and talk about offensive line, but you're right. The choose your own adventure aspect of the Bengals now is so fun. Like my co host on Same Old Strips, or one of them, uh, T.O., loves the idea of adding J.C. Jackson at corner and going a little bit more affordable in those. Uh, offensive line positions and that's the fun yeah, part right because you know this team can do some stuff like that and are willing to do some stuff like that it, it's just cool it, it's really fun for fans that that's a great point to be honest i mean that that's something that they could do they could spend more money on the cornerback and and get the 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 cheaper guards and and more i keep saying morgan Moses, but he's 20, 31 years old he's going to be one of the cheaper right guards that's in free agency to get that's worth getting you know if you if you get those guys and you sign JC, which I would love to sign JC Jackson, I would. I mean, so so would Mike Hilton. He's been tweeting him out to to get him. That would be great. Now I know a lot of people have talked about getting Laramie Tunzel. Now my thing is, why in the hell would the Texans want to trade him? <laughs> you know, or or is it this just a Bengal rumor, or is it just something that Mike Hilton started? I think it was Mike Hilton because he tweeted him out. Is this actually something that is, is a possibility of getting it's him? On the table? It's a real thing. So here's the deal with the Texans. If you want to look at dysfunction in this league, if you want to look at dysfunction in sports, there's two teams that I would consider the most dysfunctional by far. It's the Arizona Coyotes of the NHL who are currently playing at Arizona State's hockey stadium. Yeah. Because they refuse to pay their vendors and pay their bills to stay at, you know, the downtown stadium at Phoenix. Yeah. And it's the Houston Texans who have basically, you know, just can, are building a losing culture. They also have the weirdest GM in the league in Nick Casario, who I was reading some stuff about him. He's just rude to people all the time. So that's just great. And, and I think they hired another head coach that they're probably going to fire in a year, just like they did last year. Oh, I don't know why I mean, they just keep David Culley if they're going to hire, you know. Right. I, I, yeah. Fire. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Uh, Laramie Tunsil. Yeah. I continue my rant. But Laramie Tunsil, I mean, I think Tunsil, it's Tunsil. I don't know why I'm pronouncing it like I'm some sort of crazy East Coaster or something. But Laramie (laughs) Tunsil, I think that he's – it's like kind of like Russell Wilson. He's not going to be public about, I want out, I want out, because that's just not who he is and not how he wants to go about his business. But he's due for a $22 million or $26 million cap hit if he stays in Houston. Now, Houston's got money to burn. They're not exactly lighting the world on fire. They're not going to go out and sign, you know, J.C. Jackson, Allen Robinson in free agency. But Larry Tunsil, if he gets traded, becomes an $18.1 million cap hit this year. I think he has one or two more years left on his deal after that. I mean, he's still young. He's got under team control. And, I mean, <laughs> the only other connection is he played college ball with Mike Hilton. So. Right. That's the recruiting aspect, but I don't know if the Bengals are connected, but I know I've heard that Laramie Tunsil, I know he wants to be here if he could, if he like, I don't know if it's I I want to play with Joe Burrow, all this stuff, but he wants to go play with a winning quarterback and be a part right. of a winning culture. I do know that. What I don't know is if he, you know, is banging on the table for Cincinnati. I can't say that, but he, right. I mean, he's 
happy to get out of Houston. Well, well, the thing is, I had somebody tweet me out, and if if they would do this trade, I would do it in an absolute heartbeat. But I don't think there's – and I know the Texans are a horribly run franchise. But he said Trey Hendrickson – all right, Trey – yeah, wait, the, the, the cornerback that we uh, – not, not you're looking at wrong. I said it wrong. Trey, the cornerback that we signed. Oh, that, Trey Wayne's. Trey Wayne's. Trey Wayne. I do that every freaking oh, time. Trey Wayne. Trey Henderson, I, I know. I'm like, I do. I tell by your eyes, I did it wrong. <laughs> Trey Wayne's and like a fifth or sixth round pick to the Texans for Laramie Tunzel. I said, dude, if they do that, I would run to the table. I do not think they would do that for any chance of anything. Oh, what's your thoughts? Well, here's how I can sell you on it. If you're Houston, you look at that and say. You know, the Bengals don't want to absorb that cap hit. We don't want to absorb Tunsil's cap hit. Uh, the fifth rounder, I don't think is realistic. I think you might have to throw in a third. But if you're throwing in a third in Waynes to help them in a cap situation, and you're getting a Pro Bowl to all pro caliber tackle out of it, I think you do it in a heartbeat. And it's oh, kind of I would. A yeah, for the Bengals, yes, I would yeah. do it. I don't think the te- I don't know if the Texans would do it, is what I'm saying. But if they, if they want to get out of the, the, the salary cap hit, then, then they might. But, but I would think, thing, well, yeah, at least that's where the Bengals, you can sweeten it with that third round pick. And all of a sudden, or maybe it's even a second. Maybe you do that. Maybe you go a really good defensive player at 31 and you say, hey, we're going to package up Trey Waynes in this second round pick. And Houston's just doing it to clear some salary cap. And, and I think they'd be willing to do something like that. Now, the Bengals being so late in the second round makes it a little harder. But Houston does need to rebuild their young talent. They've got a lot of older guys that are just random veterans they're like rex burkhead was their starting running back last year that's not good enough no if you can get like kenneth walker in this draft class with that pick i mean that's just an upgrade that they have to do because they have to get younger they're not they're not in a position to i think if i'm them and i would love the Bengals to have done this when they were rebuilding um prior to burrow you can go pick up some picks for these talents and just restock your room with lottery tickets at least Right. And for them to have an opportunity to get a second round pick, if I'm their fan base, I'm like, okay, let's do it. I don't care. Give me an upgrade or don't give me an upgrade. Give give me another lottery ticket so I can build my future and get this guy who's not going to be a part of our next playoff run off the roster and get some value out of him. So I think that's how you can sell that one. Hey, if they they do that, like I said, sign me up for it. I'll take it. Now, now let's put it this way. If they do that, I think they're only signing – they're, they're not signing Jensen. They would be a guard then, I would think. And that's just two guys, which still, I mean, if you, and that would be moving Jonah Williams to right tackle, signing, let's just say, uh, Likens. I, I said his name wrong again. The Close enough. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I'll, I'll guy, give you the, uh, the Cincinnati uh, verb pronunciation there. There you go. The guy, the guy from the 49ers. Yep. <laughs> and they get him. <laughs> yep. Sign me up, Trey. Uh, you know, and, and you have a competition between uh, uh, Jax Carman and Deontay Smith at the other guard. I'm good. Uh, that that's you have a dominant left tackle. You have Jonah Williams at right tackle, Hopkins at center, like Lichen, Larkin, whatever the hell his name is, as the other guard or Corbin. I, that's cool. I mean, to me, that's a good enough offensive line to move forward to give Jackpot Joey Burrow time to throw the ball and and I don't know, mix in time to you know holes to run through. Well, that'd be kind of cool too. That's the most underrated component of it, by the way, is giving Joe Mixon more room to run because he's mm-hmm. never had a good line. Ever. Ever. Career. And he's so goddamn good. Excuse me. So daggone good. <laughs> daggone it. <laughs> but yeah, I just think if you give, first of all, the Joe Burrow more time, like that's just so obvious. Like I I feel like on our podcast, we do a bad job. We don't talk enough about Joe Burrow, which I feel is a, a shortage of, I'm the opposite. I talk about all the time. I don't talk about Joe Mixon enough. I don't think. 
Yeah, I, we love talking about running game for no reason because we're crazy people and talk about – we love talking no more about interior defensive linemen and coverage linebacker. That's like our favorite. That's our bread and butter right there in the St. Louis Travis podcast. We have so much fun doing it for no reason. Like Jermaine Pratt making big plays. That like we'll, we'll spend like 45 minutes talking about that and like three minutes talking about like a beautiful <laughs> touchdown burrow through. Right. Well, let, let's talk a little bit. I, I, you just say you talk about Joe uh, Mixon a lot, but let's just talk about – Joe Mixon and him actually having a halfway decent offensive line. Him, I mean, I don't know how. It's a crazy thought. What if he made his first cut beyond the offensive line? If there's a hole, he can run through it, and then he cuts. That'd be crazy. That's never. I mean, barely ever happened. <laughs> happened in Oklahoma. Yeah, that's true. It happened there, but that, but it hasn't happened in the pros. <laughs> no, and, and you know what? That's the fun part about visualizing a better offensive line is like. We know Joe Mixon can make an explosive run. We've seen him just cut back five yards behind the line of scrimmage when the offensive line is already cratered around him and turn up field and score a 20-yard touchdown. I mean, the Tennessee run comes to mind on that one. The dude is uh, – I mean, people greatly, greatly underrate Joe Mixon in this league. And not in this league. I think the league knows. The fans don't. And that, that's the interesting part for me is if he can explode and put up one of those, like, I think he could – I mean, he's not Jonathan Taylor. I think Jonathan Taylor is just, like, a little bit better. But he could put up that kind of season statistically. And he could probably have a better passing season – or receiving season because of Burrow being his quarterback. Yeah, exactly. And, and the thing is, too, is one thing that I think uh, Mixon got to do a lot more this year was the passing aspect and, and, and how good he how good his hands are and, and how oh, – excuse me, how good he is after the catch of making guys miss and stuff. And so it just – I can't I, – I, like I said, that fixes the offensive line. It's going to fix so much stuff. It's not, it's, it's, it'll be, it's just, I can't, like I said, I keep saying it's not like a broken record, but that's what you have to do. <laughs> I'm so excited for the next time we talk because <laughs> I'm not trying not to say like, I'm not excited to be here today, but we're going to be talking about the Bengals offensive lines. Oh, dude, product. I I can't wait. What, 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 what irritates me? Well, not irritates me. I'm going to be on vacation next week. And that's right when free agency starts. <laughs> So I told my wife, I said, I'm going to probably do an emergency podcast. Whenever they sign somebody, I might be going on my phone going, holy crap, they got whoever. <laughs> you know, At least I hope so anyway. And, well, yeah, we would definitely get on here and, and, and definitely talk talk about who they sign and what it means and, and all that stuff. And like I said, all of this, I think, leads to the, 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 the rest of this frangy. This is the start of, of the Bengals offseason, of what they're going to do leads to Jesse Bates leads to BJ Hill leads to Larry Ogilvy leads to whoever else, JC Jensen, whoever else they're going to sign and however they're going to draft. This is where it starts. This starts the whole thing. So that's where people can ask me, what are they going to do here? What? I don't know. They got to do this first <laughs> and then you move on. That's why this is so, this next week is so important uh, of what they're going to do. And the thing is, if they don't go after, let's just say this, or they don't get like a Ryan Jensen or they don't get a, a, a uh, Armstead or somebody like that. There's tears to free agency. If they're not getting one of those guys, then we're not going to hear anything until like the second day of free agency, kind of like we did last year. And everybody kind of freaked out because we didn't hear anything. But then we all calmed down after they, they they signed Riley Reef. There's a chance that could happen again this year. Unless they do what your boy said and sign JC Jackson. I don't know. Well, here's what I don't want to be Adam Pacman Jones and be like a little birdie told me, but <laughs> I just say I have a very strong feeling in my gut that one of or multiple of Bradley Bozeman, Lincoln Tomlinson, or Ryan Jensen will be Bengals. 
Yeah. And if I had to rank the order, I'd put the two centers. It's going to be one or the other, I think. And then Lake and Tomlinson's kind of that Lake. I'm not sure how that goes. I'm not sure who wants to give them the most money, but they're going to yeah. sign someone, man. We got Joe Burrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Joe Burrow will be there to sign the contract with right. him. By the way, he's going to be like, my knee has never felt better than just watching. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, dude, I, look, I'll point to you this one. I don't know if I've done this whole podcast about the not signing Jensen. I personally, I'm with you. I think there's been too much smoke. And and look, I know people give Pac-Man crap about being Pac-Man and all this stuff. But if the man heard something, he wouldn't have just tweeted it out. You know, at least I don't think so. I mean, he's trying to do his podcast, the Believe podcast with Simon Wilcox and all, all that. I don't think he's just going to say stuff just to say it. The man heard something, and he knows more people inside the NFL than you or I do. So I do. I think there's – when there's smoke, there's fire. There's a good chance that the Bengals can sign uh, Ryan Jensen. There's a good chance they can sign uh, Tomlin. Those two, I think, are are ones they could possibly sign. And I I'm, I might go streaking in Florida if they if they go sign those two. I just might be like, wow, <laughs> this could be awesome. <laughs> so I hope they do, but I don't know. Wouldn't it be nice to have like a competent offensive? Like, I love Quentin Spain, and I think Quentin, maybe I'm being rude by saying competent, but wouldn't it be nice to have like a Pro Bowl level offensive guard for the first time since Zeitler? Yeah. Like, God, it yeah. just, I'm dying for it. Yeah. And that's, and, and that's, now that you brought Zeitler up, I got to bring it up is what if the Bengals had signed Zeitler last year? Oh. <laughs> because the one bad thing they, I don't even say bad, it just didn't work. It didn't work. It might work in the future, but Jax Carmen, they needed, they needed, they needed him. The way they played is they needed him to be a plug and play right guard, and he wasn't. And that was a problem the entire season. It got uh, magnified even more when Riley Reef got injured. So you had two guys on the same side, right next to each other, that were inexperienced. If they just spent the money and, and got Zeitler, which from everything James Rapine has told me, he wanted to come here, but the money was so much more in Baltimore. And I will never fault football players for trying to get as much money as they can. They can only, you know, make the money when they can. They're not, especially offense linemen, they don't have very long careers anyway. If they sign him, how much difference is their offense line? <laughs> you know? uh, I mean, they probably win the Super Bowl. That's the, that's the ah! hard thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm with you. <laughs> I mean, just think about all those drives in the second half. And it, well, we can go back to like that other commenter who was like talking about the play calling in the really in the third quarter in that range in particular, and really beginning of the fourth when the offense dried up and they really couldn't move the ball at all. I mean, it, it's because that Ford, that 49ers, that Rams front was yeah. just destroying their will. Right. And then if you have Kevin Zeitler there, all of a sudden it makes everyone else's life that much easier because if Kima Danaji, revolving door next to Isaiah Prince, who's a young guy who has shown flashes, but I just don't think you're setting Isaiah Prince and Hakeem Adeniji up for success when you're putting them next to each other. And Zeitler, if you put him in there in that game, I prop I don't want to promise you, but I'd feel very confident saying they would have won the Super Bowl just the way that game went. If the offensive line could have held up and they could have done a little bit more, and like just Zach Taylor said, okay, the, the interception in the second half, Jesse Bates got. You get a touchdown instead of three there, it's different. You win the game <laughs> right there. You know, that 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 play alone, if, if you score a touchdown instead of kicking a field goal, you win the game. They couldn't do it because they didn't have time to throw the ball. They didn't have time to run the ball. Aaron Donald, Von, Bell, Von Miller just destroyed them. And, that's, and that, that's where it got to the second half where they decided that they were going to take over 
and there's nothing the Bengals could do about it. And there was nothing the Bengals could do about it. It's one of those things where you get to a point where it kind of is what it is. And I hate a football game where it is what it is. And that was a, uh, a game where you really didn't have control of much of the outcome because the, the Rams dominated that game on defense and really didn't give, I mean, that's the, the frustrating part for me is you watch that entire second half and you knew the Rams were going to break through at some point because they were just making enough of those first downs. Like they're just going to put a couple of those together and make something happen and the penalties and yada, yada, yada. But they had more fluidity and ability to alter what the game was like than the Bengals did. And that's why the Bengals lost because they controlled less components of that game and the Rams just took it from them. I mean, let's be honest. The first half, I think the Bengals pretty much, they, they, they controlled the first half, I think. If you go back and watch it, the Bengals were, were more controlled than the Rams were. Well, then, just as well, remember Odell Beckham goes out. That's when the whole game changes, in my opinion. But yeah, yeah. yeah that, that, that was a big that was a big loss. And I mean, I, and it's in one that happened, the momentum shifted, you know. And then the second half came out, and we threw the bomb to T. Higgins, which yeah, he got a little, with a little face mask, but <laughs> <laughs> just a little. But yeah. it, you get that out, and all the momentum's on your side. And it's just like if they could have just done something, you know. It would have been different. Anyway, that's in the past, and I'm trying to get past that because we're going back this year, and then we're going to win the damn thing, I think. Uh, if not this year, the year after, I think there's something. It's just too – there's too much good stuff going on, and Burrow's such a winner, and I just – I think this one will eat at him. I think oh, yeah. it – yeah. In another scenario I could see playing out is it might not be this year, but I think sometime within the next three years – the Bengals are going to Super Bowl. It reminds me of when Peyton Manning uh, lost that first one in Denver with all those weapons. They just tinkered a little bit more, let that cook a little bit more, let it all simmer together, and boom, they got a Super Bowl, and they they kicked the crap out of the Panthers in the process. So <laughs> exactly. that's kind of how I think this thing goes. I think they're in this title window now. And, and we didn't know they were – we didn't think they were close to this last year, this time. I mean, if you told me on March – 8th 2021 the Bengals would be playing in the Super Bowl and the uh in February I would have uh oh I would have dude I I I was one of the crazy ones that and I I didn't well I wasn't crazy enough to do it I drove down to do it drove down to Lawrenceburg to the sports book down there I had my money with me I was gonna place a hundred bucks for the Bengals to go to the Super Bowl not necessarily win just go to the Super Bowl and they were closed and I am so pissed off because I was right. I'm like, I mean, I didn't know. I'm just like, I, I, who knows? You know, I'll throw a hundred bucks on. I'll try to see how because I, I kept talking to my, mostly because my brother-in-law. They were down in Florida last year, or even before that. Ted Bay won, and I'm like, oh, you guys don't know what's coming. I said, Jackpot Jerry Burrow's about to ball out. Oh yeah, well, what do you think we're going to Super Bowl next year? Yeah, it's like, all right, put your money where your mouth is. I'm like, all right. So I was about to do it. <sighs> I wish I would have. <laughs> I really wish I would have. Dang. Man, oh, man. You, you got to be checking those hours before you drive out there, brother. But I think uh, it's, it's learn. Who do, do casinos close? I didn't know they closed. I, I honestly would have assumed they were just open. I'd never really right. considered that. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, really gas stations. Like, if I go to UDF, like, by my house, I expect it to be open 24 hours. Why wouldn't a casino when I expect right. it to be 24 exactly. hours? Exactly. I mean, I can walk around. Other, other stuff are open to us. The only time the, the sports book opened, oh, at noon, I'm like, and I had just been up all night for work, and I'm like, ah, I'll come back some other time. <laughs> Never did. I'm like, dag on it. Anyway. Oh, uh, well, you've been on for about 40 minutes. I appreciate you, dude. And like I said, I, I appreciate you being flexible because, 
you're going to come on today, then ask you to do it to Thursday, then ask you to move back to today. And anyway, I appreciate you coming on, man. Tell everybody about the, your uh, Samuel Strikes podcast and the articles you got written and anything you got going on right now. Yeah. So, frankly, during this time of year, it's really hard for me to write as much as I'd like. I'm doing a lot of my draft work. So, so that stuff will start trickling out, but you can keep an eye out for that. It'll probably be mostly through Bet Jackson, Last Word on Sports, all that good stuff. But same old stripes, man, we're just cooking along. And uh, we just had yesterday Quentin Spain on the show. Super funny interview. Guys, I, I need to learn how to email people like you do. <laughs> I Well, Quentin's, Quentin's a friend, so... Oh, that's good. Yeah, he's he's a good he's good people. Nice. Uh, I really want Quentin to stay in town, by the way. But listen to that interview. Quentin's a good guy. Uh, you'll enjoy what he has to say, and he'll make you feel better about the rookie class because he had some interesting things to say about Jackson Carmen in particular that'll make you that'll make you take take a step back and kind of consider maybe he should have been less hard on him as a fan base. There you go. Well, I love Q. I, like I said, I, I'd be fine if they keep him as long as we get somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> I, like I said, I'm a big, I'm a big Q fan. If you ever watch my, watch my Twitter or anything, I, I, I like him a lot. So anyway, Willie, I appreciate you coming on and you got to like, give me the info, how to email some of these guys so I can get them on, you know, Clark Harris and, and Q and all these guys you're, you're getting on. I, I need to get that. Okay. Anyway, I appreciate you, brother. Thanks for coming on. And like I said, we will definitely have to do this again after free agency and we find out what the Bengals have done. So, Let's make a date. I don't know when, but I'll I'll, I'll call you back. Talk to you in the future, buddy. Have a good right, one. See you, bye. All right, guys. I hope you uh, enjoyed that as much as I did. Willie is a great dude. He's awesome. His awesome podcast, same old stripe. Like I said, you can check him out on uh, Bet Jack and the uh, Last Word on the NFL for all his different articles. And like I said, I've started writing articles. You can check them out on the Ice Cave. And I might be starting a blog. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe my articles suck. I have no idea. What do you guys think of my articles? Have you seen them? Are they any good? You like them? You know, I've had people tell me different opinions. They don't either. They like what I say. or They don't like what I say. So maybe that means they're a interesting article and they're making people think. I don't know. Anyway, I'm rambling on here. Let's get to the Facebook groups that let me live stream. And as always, I appreciate every single one of them. They're Houdé Nation, Houdé Legion, Bearcat. Ruckus, Bearcat Country, The Ice Bar. Like I said, that's where you find the articles that I'm writing. And I will be starting a blog in here probably sometime next week, week after that. So I'll get you guys to try to go there to check out some articles that I and some other people are planning on writing. I think you can follow me on all my social media platforms, all under sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Twitter handle is at Jeff A. Trenable. TikTok is at Iceman90. Like I said, I'll be pulling a sound off later on tonight, putting it on the podcast. So if you missed it and you don't want to sit here and listen to me or watch me for how long? An hour and 14 minutes right now. You can listen to it. Check it out at work tomorrow, tonight, on your way to work tomorrow. It's on Beanpod, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher Play, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. Please make sure you rate, like, and review. Leave a comment so more Cincinnati fans can find my podcast. YouTubers! You guys are rocking it out. I'm at 1,524 subscribers. That is awesome. I'm trying to roll to 2,000. I'd like to hit 2,000 by the time the football season starts. So tell your friends, tell your neighbors about sports with Strawberry Ice. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Like I said, it wasn't for you guys who watch the show, listen to the show, read my tweets, read the articles. I have no reason to do this. So I appreciate all your comments. Pay, take the time to watch the show. Listen to the podcast, all that stuff. Next week is going to be a lot of fun. Like I said, I'll be on vacation. But tomorrow, I have Jay Morrison from The Athletic on the show. 
So that'd be a really cool interview. Make sure you check it out. We'll get his insights on the Bengals, what they're going to do, what they're not going to do, draft-wise, combine. He was at the combine see what he thought about it, and all that good stuff. And as always, that's just sports, baby. See ya!